Hello, friend. Hello, friend. That's lame. Maybe I should give you a name. Maybe I should give you a name. What I'm about to tell you is top secret. The Coffee Clash Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coffee Clash Crew Mr. Robot Episode Review. I'm Jason Pistorino. I'm Christina Lomandino. And today we review episode 406, Not Acceptable. Vera tells a tale, Darlene gets a Christmas surprise, Elliot goes rogue. IMDb is giving this a 9.2 and Rotten Tomatoes a 100%. The critics are saying it's unfortunate that the Elliot-Olivia material so far outpaces the quality of the other two stories this week. Even taken as its own entity, the Vera-Krista face-off definitely drags the episode down a bit. And the Dom-Darlene scenes are certainly upsetting, but they feel the most indistinct. Yet those all feel like minor missteps whenever Mr. Robot returns to Elliot, who's forced to face his own monstrosity. And I absolutely agree with that. I feel much the same way I have the past couple of episodes. I'm not as intrigued by the side stories. It feels a little bit like filler to me, but I am enthralled whenever we're seeing Elliot and Mr. Robot. I'm on the same boat with you for the most part. Although the Vera speech was really enticing, I thought the actor did really well, and I was enjoying it. I didn't need two more scenes, two additional scenes of the, pretty much the same thing throughout the episode. That's what felt like filler to me. I believe they could have shortened that tremendously, kept the intrigue, and got us to the point that they did. Yeah, I didn't feel like I was learning anything new, either about Vera as a character Krista, how she responds to him, or what he's after here, information that can help him to break down Elliot. Well, I know we know he has a good diet. He eats his fruit. Okay. That. That, that was new information. <laughs> the background story was cool because it was kind of like a badass moment. And because I'm fully on guard with everything, who is who, I was like, okay, does this story, can we reflect this story into it being the childhood of Elliot just based off of what we know, just in case? I didn't get that feeling, but that was part of the fun part of it. If anything, I thought it distinctly took that off the table because clearly Elliot is in a different place physically right now, going through different things with different people. Says you. And in that event, this is kind of exactly what I was afraid of in bringing Vera back. I know that this is going to coalesce into the general storyline, much as Dom, I guess, is with Darlene in this episode, but it's being dragged out over the course of a couple of episodes, and I don't think that they're using that to their greatest advantage. It just feels like time in between seeing the Elliot scenes. I was perhaps more disappointed by the Dom-Darlene stuff because this is the first time we're seeing them together again for a while. 13 episodes, I think? Yeah, since they had those sharp words after the Irving scenes in the woodshed. It just sort of felt like going through the motions. I didn't feel the real emotional culmination between these two. While I understand that Dom is struggling, and I think they portray that very well, as we've mentioned, we've seen quite a bit of that now. Dom not wanting to fall in line with the Dark Army, but this is what I was afraid of. It doesn't actually feel at any point while she's talking to Darlene that she's considering the offer of joining up with her and Elliot. No, unfortunately not. And that's what I predicted, that they would join. But I guess once I realized the stakes, meaning as soon as she joined, her family would be in trouble, I realized maybe I was being foolish and thinking she would. If they can find some way to get around that, because other than the two of them dying now at Mm -hmm. the hands of Janice, surely there must be something else 
we can speculate on that later. Is Leon going to come in and take a few people out? <laughs> I don't know how they would get out of that. And, and maybe after, she'll still think about that as a possibility. But time's getting shorter and shorter to bring her over to that side. Do you think she's dead officially now? Dom? Yeah. Or, you know, will be dead. Janice is saying they still need her. Oh, that's that right. she'll I pay. Yeah. I think she'll get hurt. Her family's going to be killed. Darlene is only being kept alive until she can lead them to Elliot. The clock is ticking here. Something's going to have to happen. I do like what the New York Times said about this. We have the three storylines, and in all three cases, the captives are unable to meet their captors' demands without breaking some important part of themselves clean off. That's their business model, Elliot says of the men who run the world. They back everyone into a corner until all that's left for us is to compromise ourselves. And that's really the question. How much is each person who's being put into these situations willing to compromise themselves? Krista, giving up the information on Elliot to save her life. Dom, she's not willing to kill Darlene, even about to kill herself, in order to try to prevent her family from being murdered. Mm -hmm. And Elliot, seemingly willing to cross every single line both he and Mr. Robot had put down to reach his objective. Something that hasn't seemed true of Elliot in the past. Yeah, that was one of the major through lines that I believe everyone picked up in this particular episode. Throughout the years, with being Elliot's best friend, which we are, right? <laughs> Joking aside, whomever we are. We know that he has changed the world for people for better, but mainly for worse. After the hack, people lost their money. People lost their deeds to their homes. All these things that they were working towards. It wasn't just taking down the 1%, which he thought it would. But we were willing to forgive him for that. We were still thinking of him as the hero in our story. This is the first time we're seeing him actually be the anti-hero, actually being the villain. He's affecting someone specifically in front of us. And he's doing it in a heartless way to an innocent. And the question is, is that forgivable for us? And is that forgivable for Mr. Robot? I think that you're right in saying previously he really was more like the anti-hero than the hero. And while Mr. Robot has always been willing to take on some darker deeds, I've mentioned this in the past, that he holds more of the moral ambiguity for this character, that's still always been a part of Elliot. So however far Mr. Robot was willing to go, that's how far Elliot's willing to go. Yet this time, Mr. Robot's repeatedly reinforcing yeah. These are lines I would not cross. We would not have crossed them in the past. What's happening here? This leads to more speculation that perhaps this other one, the other altar inside of Elliot, is willing to go farther than either of the two of them. And we spoke about that in our conjecturing. Could he be an Avenger type persona? Someone who is willing to seek dark justice. Are you saying you think that the Elliot we were seeing today in this episode was not Elliot? I'm not sure, unless we're doing a complete turnaround on his character, which doesn't feel great that we come to dislike our hero right in the final stretch, if that's always been a part of him and we just didn't totally realize it because it was compartmentalized off. I think that makes a lot of sense, mm. and it falls in with things we've been theorizing about. I don't think... If that person's there, when he shifts to him, it's something visually we've been totally aware of throughout the seasons. How could we have? But I'm really interested to talk about that once we get to the Elliot-Olivia scenes. Let's slow it down for a minute and first talk about the origin of our title, Not Acceptable. This is when the requested resource is capable of generating only content 
not acceptable according to the accept headers sent in the request. What do you perceive not acceptable meaning as far as this episode is concerned? Well, I think we just talked about that. All three characters being pushed to the limit of their moral code, what they deem acceptable. So Dom deems that killing Darlene is not acceptable. I'd rather die. She'd sooner kill herself or her family dying. She can't have either of those two things. Mm -hmm. Elliot, I guess we're deeming it not acceptable what he did. As well as Mr. Robot. For sure. Yeah. But he's not willing to step in. He's not superseding him like he has in the past. He's not stopping it. Well, he says that frankly later. We all watched Mm -hmm. and none of us stopped it. We pressed pause a few times. None of us the audience, none of us the personas. That's an interesting comment. And like we said, Krista, trying very hard throughout the earlier part of the episode not to give up the information, but at the end winds up doing so. And this may be a stretch, but I believe Olivia, during this shitty um, visit from Elliot, deems what he's doing to her not acceptable. The repercussions she's going to have from having this coffee, not acceptable. And he's trying to put it in her face. You're not innocent in this. You chose to work for these people. You've been turning a blind eye to what you know is happening there. He's trying to rationalize his actions. Of course. By noting her portion of the responsibility. We rationalize every day. You know, mine is with eating. Um, Moving over to the music, I think we only got two recognizable songs outside of the scoring. The first, Carol of the Bells, the dark piano version that's playing as Vera tells his story. Sam Asmel has officially ruined Christmas music for me. I love that. This Christmas, we're going to be opening presents and they're going to play the music and I'm going to be like, oh my God, who's dying? Or who's, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was very well done. That definitely added to that. Initial scene. I love that first scene with him, Vera and Krista. Not to mention all of the atmospheric music that happened throughout the episode. I I think just like everything, par for course with Mr. Robot just really adds dimensions to what we're watching visually. But then as a fun one for you, we also had Peace of Mind by Joey Badass that plays as Leon meets with Elliot at the coffee shop. More on that later. Tracking our timeline, this episode takes place between 12.37 p.m. and approximately 3.31 p.m. on Christmas Day, December 25th, 2015. Christina, we had established that I believed last episode and the episode prior, we would still not get to the actual meeting. And I had stipulated that perhaps even next episode, meaning next week, we won't as well. And I want to stand firm with that and say we're not going to. Well, we won't. We still have to get to 9 o'clock p.m. So we have to fill in six hours. Again, I think we might have two more episodes. So it could be one, could be two. But I'm going to be really frustrated if we run this meeting all the way to the end of the season. Like I said, it doesn't feel like enough time to get answers, even if Mm. this isn't a crazy sci-fi explanation. Mm -hmm. And we've ceded to the fact we don't truly think it's going to be. It's a lot of fun to talk about that. There's been a lot of bashing on the theorizing Mm -hmm. as of this season because people are saying you're setting yourself up for disappointment. I don't think so. I am not going to be disappointed in the least by the straightforward reading as long as it feels fulfilling. And that means we still do need enough time to get questions answered to fully unravel the character arcs. We haven't even seen White Rose for quite a few episodes now. I don't think it's... um... (laughs) To be honest with you, I don't think it's 
unfathomable to think that Elliot dies in the end. It could happen. With this show, no. Or at least to lose him in some capacity. We're skating awfully close to losing Dom and Darlene here. Yeah. We've already lost Angela, Tyrell. Mm. As another fun fact, in the scene before the final one, there seems to be a reference to RoboCop on the billboard above the subway exit. There's an advertisement for Omni Consumer Industries that you pointed out, Jason, which is quite similar to the brand logo Omni Consumer Products, the company that built RoboCop. The same as well, just fucking with us. Yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> Without further ado, let's get into our synopsis. I'm going to give us our opening, then we'll track the three separate storylines one at a time. But before we get into our synopsis, we wanted to remind all of you listeners about our Patreon. If you like what you're hearing here for the Mr. Robot Review and you want to get more content, you can head over to our website, coffeeclatchcrew.com, and click on the Patreon page to check out the tiers we have available and what fun content you can receive at each level. If you've been listening to Mr. Robot, you've heard it, you know what we're doing with Patreon, but we just wanted to reiterate that Christina and myself live off of the Patreon patronage, for lack of a better word. It's because of our Patreon clatchers, we're able to still do this. And now it's even more important. And what I mean by that is, Elliot, if you're listening, we're going to need you to hack a big company. Sounds like Shmamazon. <laughs> um, basically, clatchers, we've asked you, if you're not going to follow us on Patreon, if you could still help us with clicking on our Amazon link. We just got an email today while I was at jury duty saying that they are taking away our Amazon link. Reasons being that we're not trying to sell specific products. So we don't have our web pages littered with their merchandise. Merchandise, And we're not selling key things and helping them generate more sales. Instead, we're asking you to support us via them. And they don't like it. Because they need the promotion, certainly more than CKC needs promotion. You know, they're struggling. Yeah. The company. So we have, key, we have key clatchers that have been following us for years who utilize our link. Guys, it doesn't work anymore. So that money is now gone, swept away from us in two seconds. So now we're even more dependent on our Patreon. Clatchers, there are so many tiers. It's not going to break your bank, but it's going to help us because it's about numbers. The more people that give us $3 a month, the more Christina and myself can feed ourselves and perhaps maybe decrease the amount of other jobs that we're doing and do more podcasts. And even for just $3 a month, we do provide a decent amount of content. We think that you'll love the Coffee Break episodes that are very interactive. We discuss what else we're watching besides shows that we're currently covering in episode review format. But next up from that, you have bonus episodes where we develop an array of topics, sometimes suggested by our very own Clatchers. We just covered all about your dreams, the top 10 most common dreams and what they mean. The bonus episodes are really intriguing. We do a lot of research and we give you real information that we researched. I think bonus is the wrong name for it. We need to come up with a better name, a more um, descriptive name, because it's so much more than just an extra episode. Let me just give you a taste. Do you ever find yourself having those dreams where you're being chased by somebody? Falling or flying? Or you wake up and you realize you don't have any clothes on. What does that mean? Do other creatures besides humans dream, which are the most prolific dreamers? And what are Jason and my recurring dreams? What might that say about us psychologically? If you've been dying to know the answers to these questions, you can sign up for the Patreon bonus episodes. We also have movie reviews, 
We recently covered El Camino and we'll be doing Dr. Sleep this month. There's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes. Christina and myself sacrifice our time, our love for each other. I really hate her, guys. I, I need her away from me. What I mean, all joking aside, it's Thursday night, late Thursday night. We both just got home from work. After we finish recording, I'm going to eat really quick, and then I'm going to start editing. And then I'm going to set my alarm for 5 a.m. tomorrow so that I can start editing before I go to work. Then go to work, do my job, my hour lunch, close the door, don't go out to lunch with friends or anything like that, and edit more. And then as soon as I get home, I edit, 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 and try to get it out as soon as possible. Then, thank God the weekend's here. No, not for Christina and myself, because we're doing another podcast and then editing. Blah, blah, blah. All I'm trying to tell you is we work really hard, and if we could have any help from our Clatchers, it would just mean the world to us. So just go to coffeeclatchcrew.com, click on Patreon, And join us and know that you're not only getting more content, you're helping Christine and myself from not killing each other. Back to why you're here. Mr. Robot, episode 406. We're going to discuss the opening and then we'll review each of the three stories one at a time. We start off with Elliot telling Darlene he's on his way to Olivia's and has a plan. They have the location for the Deus Group meeting from Price. He apologizes to Darlene for telling her he shouldn't have let her back in his life. Darlene warns him to be careful. She doesn't want to lose him again. As soon as she walks out of the room, she finds Dom holding a gun on her. Meanwhile, Zhang's assistant relays the information that they have Darlene but are still searching for Elliot. Once they find him, she thinks it's time to take him out. He's too much of a liability with the meeting tonight. But Zhang says the shipping hack would die with him. She won't let the chance slip away again when they're this close. She instructs them to locate and bring Elliot in. Quote, he should see the full potential of what we're working towards. It's time he learns we're on the same side. This scene was very compelling because, one, it's pushing the story forward. There's a little more information there. Hmm. So now the Dark Army's out to get Elliot. Not to kill him. Out to get him, bring him in, and maybe educate him on what's really going on. And I'm hoping with him being educated, we will be more educated because we're part of his brain, perhaps? Yeah, we'll get to see what Angela saw that made her such a convert and believe in White Rose's message. That's why I'm worried about saving the meeting and the reveal for so late in the season. Is it just the reveal of what it is? Are we going to be left with, here's your big answer, but that's the end of the season? I don't know if I'm going to find that satisfying satisfying i certainly want to know i think it'd be really exciting if before this meeting we learn what it really is from zhang talking to elliot and then oh my god wait are we rooting for white rose now yeah you know that would be a good twist and something we kind of foresaw a while ago when we said how are so many people buying into this message she must have something that's convincing whether it's real and functional or not she believes that it is and it's big enough to influence These very intelligent people to want that to happen. But along the lines of what you're saying, I was really on board with that until episode one this season, where we saw that whatever White Rose told Angela no longer mattered. No, it still did. She went to the very end in her conversation with Price saying it's real. Mm. But she still wanted to take him out. Uh, She did, but... I believe that that was a personal vendetta because of everything she'd been through. It's much like with Elliot. How much do the ends justify the means Mm -hmm. when that crosses so many lines? How much till it's not acceptable? Absolutely. 
And what an interesting character play for Elliot if he gets to the place. Oh, yeah. Well, then we can Was really have... Was all of this worth it, me being such a monster? But then we can really have a, another argument or, or fight with the personalities in there. And maybe that's when the third one comes out. Because it doesn't matter to that one. Yeah, I have a feeling the third one's going to come out sooner by Vera pushing the right buttons. And if that's coming up next episode, awesome. I'll finally be interested in Vera. No holds yeah. barred. We got to find out soon what this deal with Vera is. Why is it so important? He said something this episode about uh, he wants to take over the city or something. Mm. That's all we know. Why, how, and what? And why does he need Elliot? But my thought was, if anyone's going to get Elliot and save him from Vera, it wouldn't be, again, Darlene saving him. Well, she now can't. we know maybe it's White Rose because he's out to, he's out to, he wants to retrieve yeah, Elliot. Yeah, Vera's a, a wrench in the machine right now. And if anyone can take mm-hmm. out Vera, where, you know, there's different levels of strength, you would say. If it was a video game, you know, Vera is level five and uh, White Rose level 10. Mm. If anyone's going to save Elliot, it would be White Rose. But then again... Or Leon. I can't believe you're not arguing Leon right now. I'm waiting now. for that. I'm okay. waiting for that. <laughs> well, well, let's get to it. Let's talk about Vera and his Christmas story. He holds Krista captive, tells her about a true Christmas miracle, the tale of the bully and the little bitch. The bully would pick on the little bitch every day after school until something happened once to change it all. That Christmas, the little bitch got an aluminum baseball bat. Didn't even take the bow off. He was so excited. And there he was on the corner ball field, hitting balls like he was Sammy Sosa when his bully comes up, eyeing that bat. And just as the bully made his way up to him, without any warning. Blood! Fucking everywhere. Blood on the ground, blood on little bitch. Blood dripping down the bow, still wrapped around that bat. Little bitch knocked every tooth out of that motherfucker's head. Cracked his skull open. Popped his eyeball out in the home plate. All because Lil Bitch saw the truth. That bat may have been made to play ball, but that wasn't its purpose. Nuh-uh. In that moment, in Lil Bitch's hands, It was there to break this nigga's head open. We all have a purpose in this world, and it's a lot to wait for the cosmos to reveal what it is. Just to reiterate, I really enjoyed this speech. I thought it was well shot. The music behind it, the acting was brilliant. I kept thinking, is this a time where we should start piecing things together? Then I was thinking, um, that kid in the room that we saw a few episodes ago, did he look Spanish? No. Because that would have been like a ha-ha moment. Oh, my God, that's the kid, you know? Mm. So that's not the case. But then I started thinking, once I got past the, should I be connecting dots right now? Then I started thinking, is this speech telling us any more about what Vera is up to? And the conclusion is no. No, not really. He tells Krista that for her, the day has come. Quote, I'm going to break Elliot and you're going to be my aluminum bat. Well, yes, we knew that. She's the pawn. 
It's at this point that from above, the credit sequence appears. Vera becomes frustrated at Krista's surface-level information about Elliot. His addiction, social anxiety, insomnia, he knows all that. He wants the deep things she's learned through their special relationship. Krista initially pushes back, saying just because he learned how to hurt those who bullied him, he can't do that to her. She thinks she's got the psychological read on it, and I think she's right that Vera is the little bitch in this story. You calling me a bitch? (laughs) That was cool. That was a fun interplay. Yeah. Jason knocks at the door, but Krista is able to convince Vera to let him leave. All right, so I get it. They needed Jason to come there to create something for Krista to lose. She was willing to get beat up in order to not give away this information. But now the stakes are higher. We know who this guy is. And she's already frustrated with Elliot, scared of him. How far does her oath as a therapist go before she says, I'm not going to let him hurt or kill the people I love or even myself? Vera continues that perhaps he should have told her the rest of the story before she started jumping to conclusions. After being beaten within an inch of his life, the bully woke up in the hospital. The little bitch walked right up to the bed, (laughs) held his hand and said, I see you now. He showed up when no one else did and saw the bully like no one else could. From that moment on, he owned him for life. You noticed it as well. He is sweating. Yeah. What's up with the He's reliving it. I think he's reliving it. Um, He's crying. He's having a physical... Well, you, you know this isn't a therapist. Maybe he's going so deep into his brain, something that affected him so much that he's getting physical responses from mm-hmm. it. He's crying. He's sweating. Um, you notice how yellow his teeth are? Mm, yeah. That's weird. Yeah. It's disgusting. Well, I yellow. mean, Vera's not supposed to be... A handsome, you know, you know well <laughs> put together. By the time this came up... Now, of course, we're not splitting it up like the show did. By the time this came up, not that I was over it. This is the third scene now with Vera. Not that I was over it, but I didn't need... This little bitch story isn't groundbreaking. It's nothing new that you were the one being picked on. You realize how to own your power, turn the tables. You're almost bitching now. (laughs) it's, It's just not super interesting. And it's broken into three parts. This all leads up to the last sentence that we knew was coming. If Krista gives him what he needs to break Elliot down so that he can build him back up and own him, he'll let her go. So she finally tells him to get the file out, September 2015 file for Elliot. What am I going to find there? Mr. Robot. What's that? That... This is how you'll break him. Okay, a couple things. Her boyfriend's name is Jason. That's my name. And my birthday's in September. <laughs> I think Sam Esmail knows me. And this loves is blowing me. your mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any part of you, and I'm saying this because this happened to me, any part of you was hoping that this would be the reveal of the third personality? I, I think inadvertently it is. Because I do believe Vera's going to go digging. Mr. Robot's going to come out. And in the scuffle of the internal psyche, the third will emerge. Oh, you mean next episode? Correct. Okay, I see what you're saying. But I thought when he asks, what am I going to find there? Mm. I thought, this is it. This is when we're going to find out the name, at least. But do you think she knows? Do you think she's met the third? No. At this point, no. It was so hard to get him to the point of therapy where Mr. Robot would come out. And as soon as they had that interaction, she and Mr. Robot, it appeared 
as though that was kind of the end of it. Elliot did not get to meet with her after. So I find it unlikely, unless she does, and just thought Mr. Robot would be a less psychologically threatening thing to Mm -hmm. tell him about Elliot. I don't know. But we're going to have to wait and see. Hopefully we get that next time. Meanwhile, moving on to Dom and Darlene. Dom demands to know where Elliot is, and when Darlene won't answer, she reveals she's working for the Dark Army. She calls Janice to give her the update. She instructs that a team will be there to get the phone with the location, and before that point, 3.30, Dom should kill Darlene. Just a quick note in the background, because there's always weird stuff going on with Janice. We hear the program she's listening to, where John Matthias is preaching death and repentance. He talks about the return of a biblical prophet and that those not part of the chosen will be horribly killed. He's talking to people that aren't really there. It's also important to note Matthias was a charismatic Anabaptist leader in the 1500s who was regarded by his followers as a prophet. I want to thank Paul P. via Facebook who spoke to me about this scene. Mm. Behind the curtains, Christina and myself this week have not been able to discuss the episode together. Um... With her work schedule and with me being on jury duty, we have not even talked. I'm saying goodnight when she's getting home. (laughs) So I had no idea that she wrote down what the radio station was saying. So just in case, Paul P. on Facebook, one of our Clatchers, one of our army, rewatched it for me, knowing that I can't watch it a second time, and wrote it to me. I want to thank him personally. very kind. That's awesome. Next, Dom takes Darlene into the bathroom in the tub and pulls the gun on her. It seems like she's going to shoot, but Darlene tells her it's not too late. They have a plan to stop the Dark Army. It's moving forward tonight. Not sure what to do, needing to buy time, Dom knocks her out. I don't know where she thinks she's going with this one. It winds up really being a detriment because she's unconscious almost up until 3.30. I think she knocked her out because um, this was another voice that was impeding on her already inner voice that's fighting it. And it's too much at that time. I'd like to point out that that bathroom, they're in the city, okay? That bathroom is huge. Spacious. So spacious. All of the ones we've seen. When you're doing a movie or a TV show and you're going to have a bathroom scene, if you have a bathroom like ours, it looks like shit. There's not enough room. (laughs) You're bumping into walls and counters. (laughs) So you need a spacious bathroom. And the layout of this with the black walls, the white ceramic, which they don't make anymore, by the way, um, and just having Dom in there, I, I thought it was beautifully done. Darlene, excuse me, in there. Now that they're done filming, if we could have that apartment, I'd really enjoy it. (laughs) Well, Darlene comes to and tries to tell Dom the night they spent together was the last time she remembers feeling good. She wasn't just using her. That was real. Dom is struggling and eventually says they're out of time. Her family is at risk. She gives Darlene the gun and tells her to shoot, but Darlene can't. She can't because she's not a killer or she can't because what she was saying to Dom was real. That that moment they had was a serious moment for them. The latter, we know she can kill if pushed to it. She killed Susan Jacobs. It Uh, seems as though she has really struggled with that since. It's it's not truly who Darlene is, but I think it's more about the emotional connection. She does care about Dom. She definitely doesn't want her to die, but neither one of them really has a good alternative. At this point, there's not enough time for them to leave and go try to find Elliot. In fact, in the midst of the struggle, Janice and backup walk in. She's very upset. She says she's not going to kill Dom. 
They still intend to use her, but she is going to pay. She intends to shoot Darlene until Darlene thinks fast. She says if they want info on Elliot, they'll need to keep her alive because she just wiped her phone. So I'm assuming she did that in her pocket. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something that used to be widely used in movies and TV shows when we had the old school phones <laughs> where you can memorize where the buttons are. So they would text people. Much easier. Full paragraphs. How you do it on a touchscreen, I don't know, but... Hackers must be they know good at that. <laughs> yeah, and it's probably, she's probably got like a fail-safe couple clicks it's easy can to do it. Access. Boom, wipe. Especially them. F Society, they know how to wipe real quick. So you go really quick from thinking, well, it's possible that Darlene could die now because we just saw Angela die first episode. And she doesn't actually know where Elliot is anymore because he's been taken by the end of the episode. True, but they don't know that she hasn't discussed something with Elliot, you know? Oh, they don't, but what's going to happen when she goes to start giving information and doesn't have it? I think if they're going to do a turn with White Rose to make White Rose good, and I'm not saying that they are. This is just an idea that sprouted in this podcast. Um, It it might be White Rose also intervenes there. I don't know. Mm Mm-hmm. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more. Audible keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. With the convenient Audible app, you can listen anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Your iPhone, iPad, Android device, Alexa. And in fact, you can switch seamlessly between devices, picking up exactly where you left off. Anytime you can't read, you can listen with Audible. I know this is great for me. I can listen when I'm in the car, doing dishes, folding the laundry. For our listeners, I would definitely recommend getting the Magician's audiobooks. There are three of them by Lev Grossman, narrated by Mark Bramhall. And sometimes the narrators are so good, I even search by them. For example, I love Imogen Church. She narrates all of the Ruth Ware books, such as The Woman in Cabin 10. And with our Patreon review of Dr. Sleep coming up, you could check out the audiobook for The Shining, Dr. Sleep, or I just recently listened to In the Tall Grass. Christina bought me the magician's books, but I have jury duty. And rather than lug around books, I just have my phone with me already. So the free time, which is often, I just press play on my phone and I can continue listening to the books where I left off. Or if you're old school like me and you actually like to read, but you don't always have the time, they have WhisperSync for voice so you can switch back and forth between listening on Audible or reading, let's say, with your Kindle. Every month, you choose one audiobook, regardless of price, as well as two Audible originals. Members also get unlimited access to exclusive guided fitness and meditation programs, and Audible has a great listen guarantee. If you don't like your audiobook, you can easily exchange it. Plus, you get 30% off all regularly priced audiobooks. And you own them. Members keep their library forever, even if they decide to cancel. There's multiple functions. You could do Send This Book, which allows you to share an audiobook from your library with anyone. And if it's their first time accepting through this feature, they can listen free. Chapter navigation, speed control, you can listen faster or slower. So many options with Audible. And you can start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Audible is offering our listeners one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Just visit audible.com forward slash CKC or text CKC to 500-500 and start listening today. It's that easy. Go to audible.com 
A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com forward slash C-K-C or text C-K-C to 500-500 to get started today. You can support us by supporting them. Well, lastly, let's move over to the big story. There is one missing piece we haven't discussed. In Todd's coffee shop, Elliot meets Leon and takes something from him. Leon says he's full-time freelance now. So he's his guy if Elliot needs anything. So Dom can't even give 99.9% to the Dark Army or her family's life is in jeopardy. Lomax, earlier this season, kills himself rather than being taken by the Dark Army. Angela's shot so she won't reveal secrets, but Irving's taking a sabbatical and Leon's allowed to just go freelance? I think that's believable. What? Okay, the other people that you just named uh, were forced into the fold. They were being pressed upon to be part of the fold. Irving, Janice, and Leon are for hire. This is their profession. And I believe that um, these types of people, they can go in and out if need be. Because there's nothing... (laughs) Any major organization like this that's so concerned with any secrets getting out or things being revealed that is willing to go to these lengths. You can't just say I'm doing my own thing or I'm going to take a break. That's not the way it works. Well, in Leon's case, he's freelance now, um, but that doesn't mean he won't get hired again from them. It also means he certainly can't do anything that goes against them. I see where you're coming from, and I think I may be being a little biased because I like him so much. And everybody did, though he... Proved to be like not the most terrific guy when last we saw him. He's been missing in action. It's a little weird that he shows up out of nowhere, that he's doing this freelance thing now, and also that he's back on Team Elliot and willing to do whatever Elliot needs, which certainly is going to go up against Dark Army wishes. It, it was bizarre for me. Well, it's definitely foreshadowing, right? We know now that he's a phone call away and he'll be there. I'm excited for that. But uh, story-wise, maybe it's a little... Convenient. Convenient, a- and sure. The, yeah, the only way it doesn't go up against Dark Army and the likelihood of what's going to happen is he's going to have to deal with Vera. But then again, if... if yes, exactly, Chris. Um, I think it'll be more believable if he comes in to save him for Vera rather than all of a sudden he's against the Dark Army. Mm-hmm. Because we, we saw no indications that he was against what White Rose was doing. He definitely likes Elliot, but we know he's a professional. He wanted to talk and chat. Regardless, there was two reasons for that scene, for Elliot to get the oxy from Mm -hmm. him, and two, to open that door to say when he reappears out of nowhere, we know why. Three, you forgot as a fun callback, because meeting in Todd's coffee, Leon asks, where do I know this place from? Well, it's a callback to the very first scene of the pilot episode when Elliot takes down Ron, the owner of Ron's Coffee. Mm. Same place, same location. Oh, I didn't even see. He was the guy that was running the child pornography ring. It's the same place? It's the same place, but apparently now it's owned by someone named Todd. Dude, I've been harping on that scene for how long? I know. And then I don't even notice? That's why I had to... We got that and Leon in the same place at the same time. It's like made for Jason. Shame on me, huh? (laughs) I think I was just like so psyched that... Leon was there. Of course. Well, following that, Mr. Robot says they don't have to do this. He tells Elliot they can reason with Olivia. What he's about to do is crossing a line. They used to have a code. But can they bring back the boundaries or is it too late? 
Elliot responds, they don't have time to take risks. This is the only way. Now, this was the same response they got in the bar the first time they met her. And Mr. Robot won that one. This argument, it looks like Elliot won. Mm -hmm. Well, Elliot goes to Olivia's with the coffee. He tells her the Deus Group is a criminal enterprise that uses their power and wealth. They've been responsible for atrocities, including both Iraq wars, cyber bombings, and the paramilitary massacre in El Salado. Thanks to a Reddit user named Carlos Boschel, he provided the information that El Salado was a small city in Colombia with a population of only 500. During the year 2000, one paramilitary group called the AUC arrived in town and killed a fifth of the total population, in addition to rapes and other atrocities that occurred during the massacre. Oh, jeez. Elliot admits to Olivia that he hacked her to get the information. He needs her to make a phone call to her boss so that when he logs in, Elliot can swipe his credentials. It's at that point Olivia realizes he dosed her coffee with Oxy to blackmail her. Elliot says, I was running out of time. This was the fastest way. Also, she must have always known who she was working for. She made a choice, but they're using her. This is why he has to take them down, so they can't continue to hurt people. But she wonders how many people he's had to hurt mm-hmm. along the way. Little reminder to us. So what were you feeling during this scene? It's tough because this is terrible. If anybody knows about the struggles of addiction and how real this is, mm-hmm. it's Elliot. Eight years she's been clean. On top of the fact that she gave him that whole speech the night they were together, how much this meant to her, that she keeps this razor blade as a reminder in her empty bottle of Oxy. If she were to ever start again, she might as well kill herself, which leads me to the huge question of there's no way in what is it, a matter of hours? He was actually with her Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Day now that he forgot. They had this whole conversation. There's a razor in the bathroom that he just lets her go to. Either he's so focused on this, he's not thinking about it, but that really doesn't feel like Elliot. Or one or the other time, it wasn't Elliot. Yeah, I was hoping he put his hood on because we were thinking when the hood's on, it's the other character. We were. Even still, I, I have to question it because that doesn't seem likely that he would not think that's what she's going into the bathroom to do. Well, my question was, and I think this would be a redeeming, at least a little bit of a redeeming quality to him, is if he didn't actually put Oxy in there and just said it. Mm. It doesn't make it all better. I like that a lot better. it makes it a little (laughs) better. Yeah, I like that a a lot better. He doesn't really want to hurt her, Mm -hmm. but he actually did it. Why? Why did he have to? Because now he's got the blackmail. She has to do it. But if you just said you did it, and, and, and make her go through with it. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I never even thought about you're it. You're still an asshole, but at least you're not... Drugging somebody. Yeah. So as anyone could guess, <laughs> Olivia goes to the bathroom. As soon as she did, we both said she's going to kill herself. Of course. Elliot's busy trying to rationalize his decision to Mr. Robot, thinking all of this would be simpler if Olivia wasn't in such denial about her employer. Robot says... That sense of dread happens when you cross a line you didn't even know existed. When you realize that means you still had one. When those lines are all behind you, up ahead is only darkness. And then Elliot hears the thump and runs to the bathroom to find Olivia has cut her wrists. He manages to save her, thank goodness. He stops the bleeding, bandages her up. But, but at this time... It's not redeeming because he needs to save her because she still needs to go through with what he needs. Of course, so it's not and like it doesn't make finds his anything way. better. No. 
On top of all of that, she now comes to the realization her mother died in that massacre in El Salado that her boss has caused. Thus, when she picks up the phone, she is very tearful. I'm surprised she was even able to pull this off, really, that the boss didn't recognize something was going on the way she was talking. I bet, I mean, I'm assuming that the boss maybe is a little buzzed. It's Christmas. Mm-hmm. Kind of an ass, perhaps. She calls him and says that one of their clients needs an authorization to transfer funds immediately. When he logs in to check, saying he can't see any requests, Elliot hacks into the account and tracks him, finding the password Convergence37. We'll come back to that later on. Hanging up, Elliot tells Olivia he'll wipe all traces of her and her boss's involvement so nothing can be linked back. She says, I may work for monsters, but you are one. And you're the worst kind because you don't even know it. Mm. Well, how many times have we discussed that in the past? Yeah. The villain who thinks he's a good guy because he's fighting for a good cause. But that's what makes a good villain. And is so endeared to his beliefs, he doesn't realize. Mr. Robot says they should talk about what just happened. Elliot's too busy planning their next move. He says once they hack all the members' phones tonight at the meeting, they can rob them. As they're walking by that subway post, Krista calls Elliot and says she needs to see him. She tells him she was kidnapped by Vera. She didn't have a choice but to give him what he wanted. She went to the police, but now she's too afraid to go back home. So he sets up a meeting with her at Washington Square Park. Mr. Robot thinks there's no way Vera's just going to let her go. You're Here we go again. again. Off to play the hero. Is that even who we are anymore? We saw what we did back there. We just watched him destroy someone's life. And none of us did a thing about it. Rules, morals, parameters. They only break if you're broken to begin with. Did we change under pressure? Or did this only reveal who we really are? I don't know anymore. One thing I do know is... And in the final moments, Elliot is kidnapped and thrown into a trunk. I mean... That's a good cliffhanger. It's Vera style. Yeah. She's tossing people into trunks. The robot quotes, though, are also getting to feel a little bit repetitive. They're not hitting home with that impact they used to because he's kind of just saying the same thing for the last couple of episodes that things have changed. What's going on with Elliot? He's a different person now. We're we're crossing lines. He's trying to warn him. Elliot's not listening. The big part we mentioned that's different here is the we watched it. None of us did a thing. Yeah. It's odd phrasing to throw in there and does reinforce the theory of other personalities present. I mean, we know if nothing else, there's at least us. Well, it harkens back to when Elliot was mad at us saying, you didn't tell me. Mm-hmm. And this leaves us with a ton of questions. What are Vera's plans? We brought that up before. Will the other one come out when he questions Elliot? What will happen to Dom and Darlene now? How are they going to get out of this? Is Leon going to come to take care of Vera? Was that Elliot who just did all those monstrous things? And if so, why is he okay now with such extreme action when he wasn't in the past? And finally, will we see Olivia again? Or was this the last of her? I, I believe that's the end of Olivia. Mm. And I believe that's the end of Chris's story as well. Mm, so unfortunate. If so, I don't feel... Not uh, that they're dead. I'm just saying for us to see them. I don't feel fully satisfied. I was feeling a connection with him and Olivia. I get that. That's just a matter of I don't like it. I don't want to see Elliot turn bad. But for Krista, I don't feel even resolved on the character so much. I want to see a last note between her and Elliot. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe it ends with, uh, you know, 
I've said so many things. I was saying maybe he dies. <laughs> oh, let me just throw this in there. Maybe it ends with the final scene is Elliot talking to her again in therapy. In therapy I about want everything that. that happened. I want that so of course, bad because you're a therapist. To be the end, <laughs> <laughs> he's learning how to integrate at last. But let me not let my hopes carry me away here. Let's move over to our robot rating for the episode. Jason, on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you give 406 not acceptable? I'm going to go 8.4. I really enjoyed it, but, you know, it's not the best ones. It gets hard when you're doing a show so integrated where you're, you're measuring every episode and then you have to go down one. It doesn't necessarily mean I thought this was weak. It just means that there were segments in this episode. There were certain things in this episode that I thought they could have done better because I apparently I know all, right? I'm a director. But you know what I mean. As, as just a viewer, you know we're what you feel. We're allowed to have an opinion on what we like. Yeah. Oh, but I really enjoyed that it was 8 o'clock and I wish they all were 8 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Because I'm getting old and, and going to sleep earlier that really helps. That was wonderful. I'm not looking <laughs> forward to the uh, change back to 10. But the good news is next week there's no commercials. That is good news. I wonder where they're going to go with that, but we'll discuss in the spoiler section. I agree with you. I was okay with with slowing things down and getting a little bit of an artsier look in 404 not found. My score did go down a little bit. Then 405, method not allowed. I thought the stuff with Darlene and Elliot was truly wonderful, but the side stories lagged a little bit. And now in 406, not acceptable, we're getting similar stuff happening. And mm-hmm. perhaps I'm just growing a little impatient. I am having difficulty enjoying the ride in some areas. Others are okay, but I don't know how long that's going to be able to sustain me if it doesn't start to converge. I wonder if that's a reflection Again, maybe I'm a broken record here with the fact that he's trying to merge two episodes or two seasons together. Mm-hmm. You know, um, these might have been established already. We don't know. We'll, and we may never know. Probably not. But I do tend to agree with you on some of those feelings. So my lowest before this was 404 at an 8.5. I'm going to give this one an 8. Okay. It's still good. It's still good. It's my lowest for the season, but still in the high level of overall ratings. But speaking of commercials, I kind of miss Sam Esmail's uh, fun commercials that he drops yeah, in Yeah, I was thinking about that too. And now it's time for our Clatchers to let us know what they're thinking. Every week we ask our Clatchers via Twitter, at CKC Podcast. If you haven't followed us yet, what are you waiting for? We ask our Clatchers who is your MVH and what are your comments? And our four characters this week are Vera, Elliot, Darlene, and Dom. I wanted to put Santa in there again. Uh, I just have issues. I really liked him. Coming in at fourth place with 14% is Dom. Yeah, there was a lot of emotional turmoil for her this time around. As we said, it wasn't a lot new. It's that same struggle of having to do these things for the Dark Army. There was a couple of nice moments of the interplay between her and Darlene. I have a feeling, though, it's going to be much more of a central focus next episode if there is any character arc building stuff for Dom. Perhaps. I don't foresee that, to be honest with you. Um, I I have to say, she gets a lot of points for not killing Darlene. (laughs) Well, of course, but, you know, you'd hope for more than that. Uh, Coming in third place with 18% is Elliot. And I'm surprised he didn't get dead last with how he must be pissing people off, crossing lines left and right. It was compelling to watch him. It always is. 
I am the most interested in his storyline. Why is this happening? What's going on with him? But certainly not a hero. No, we are conflicted at this point. Hmm. Do we root for him? I still root for him. Who's the good guy? I can't, can't help it. And in second place with 29%, Darlene. She managed to uh, save her own life with her words. She went through a lot there. She wiped out the phone. Wiped her phone. That was a good one. She protected her brother. I probably would have caved before... As soon as the gun came out, I probably would have caved. She's certainly (laughs) the most likable character, making the fewest mistakes this season, having the most winning moments. It's fun. If you consider it winning. Well, it's fun and in a way that we can be on her team. We can't as much right now with Elliot. And it is good to have the other side of that equation with Darlene. Yeah, she is the yin to his yang. She's the one feeling all the emotions. She's the one that looks at the ballerina shoes and 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 just gets engulfed with feelings you know Uh, we see what she's going through and that is the polar opposite of the non-feeling Elliot at this moment I was thinking while we've been going through all of this and the questions that we don't yet have answered so many of them I mean even what the heck with all the stuff surrounding Magda the safety deposit box (laughs) the tapes that we don't know about we had wondered at some of this could it mean Elliot was adopted based on that scene with the other one will we ever find out does that make more sense of in season one Elliot used to forget Darlene to the point that he tried to kiss her once because he didn't remember it was his sister he hasn't forgotten her since season one Mm. that whole thing seems to have shifted a bit are we ever going to come back to that? Is that going to come into play? Why did that even happen in the first place? I'm wondering if that brings some more answers once we do learn about the other one. But anyway, coming in first place with 39% was Vera. People must have enjoyed his Christmas story. Well, it was very well acted. It really was. And let's be honest, he captured Elliot. He found out his weakness and now he's captured him. How did he know? Oh, He didn't kill Krista. So I'm happy about that. We don't think he did. She called Elliot at the end of the episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Stupid. You're right. I'm curious to see what his plans are. Why is he back? What's this big idea of his? Does he have something on White Rose? Who knows? Yeah. Is this completely unrelated or are we going to find some... I think it'll mean more if it's related somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see what our Clatchers had to say. Pat's 8 to 1 says the cinematography for Vera vs. Krista was dope. It's weird how Robot and Elliot have swapped places. I don't look forward to the Vera vs. Robot at all. I think Elliot's broken enough. Well, first of all, welcome, Pats. I think that's the first time we've heard from him. Thank you for listening. I agree with you. The cinematography for Vera and Krista was beautiful. Mm. The tension that they were able to create with the close-ups and the far views, it was just really well done, the music and so on and so forth. And absolutely, I I said this in our pre-show where we discussed updates of this show and other shows that we're covering We had discussed that little trailer that we saw, and I had stated that it looks like Mr. Robot is the careful one, and Elliot now is the one that is willing to push the line and and go for it, whatever it takes. Yeah, and I don't even know if it's swapping anymore, because these are things that even Mr. Robot does not agree with, would never have done. If it was just taking on a little bit more of the robot persona, I would think as they did earlier this season, maybe it's a good sign that Elliot's able to start integrating back some of those things he had segmented out into the Mr. Robot persona. I can take on some of the stuff I'm afraid of. I can have the confidence to do it and recognize that's a part of me. 
It isn't somebody separate. Yet, this is not the same. This is different than that. And then that's what brings up all the conjecture about another altar. I don't see how it can be Elliot. And what does that mean about his character? And your last comment, you don't look forward to Vera and Robot. I think that's indicative to the fact that we don't know anything about Vera. There's no stake in the game besides he's a badass and he wants him. Except he might kill people with grapefruit spoons. (laughs) That's all I need to know. Dave Josiah says, White Rose saying she and Elliot want the same thing? Wow, everyone acted the hell out of this episode. Vera is so crazy, creepy good, had to vote for him. That's what we're starting to think. Is there something more? Are we going to learn next episode or the episode after when White Rose finally sits down with Elliot that there's more to this? Of course there's more to this. Warren with (laughs) exclamations and question marks galore. Why isn't Leon on this list? Well, uh, I wanted him on it. If Jason was was in charge, (laughs) he probably would be. But I knew that was just an emotional, you know, he's on screen. We love it. He did not do much to warrant. You're going to want him more in a future episode, I think. He's just a foreshadow at this point. Travis Smith McKee says, hands down Darlene. Pulling the wipe, tugging on sympathy. She was in most control of anyone around her. But if Krista could have pulled it off, pinpointed Vera's weakness and actually exploited it, That would have been amazing. I was so hoping for that, that she was going to get the psychological drop on him, even under the pressure of the moment. that would have been awesome. And say something that was so deep, it just blew his mind. And it looked like that's where he was going. And then he's like, no, no, no. Listen, I haven't told you the rest of the story yet. Um, So I agree. Joe Bain says, was really confused as to why the Vera storyline was so important. But now I'm thinking, he either gives us new info from Krista's files Or maybe brings out the other altar. There we go. While trying to break him. P.S. The woman in the coffee shop looked like White Rose. Oh. Oh, I didn't see that. I did not catch that. Hmm. Curious. We're going to have to go back and rewatch. But thank you, Joe. We're on the same thought pattern there. Elsie says, I almost wanted to vote for Krista. She tried to stand up to Vera even while being kidnapped. I was impressed. But she gave Vera the info that he needed on Elliot and Mr. Robot. And I can't give it to Elliot after what he did this episode. It made me a little sick. Agreed. Yeah. Kirk says, I wanted to vote for Dom, but was terrified Vera heard me when I screamed at my TV, you weak little bitch. I was so afraid he would put his face right into mine and scare the shit out of me, saying, now you know what I want. You got to give it to me. So I voted for him. (laughs) Of course. And he watches this, what, three in the morning, he says? (laughs) And finally, Brian says, agree with the results, but oh my word, that cold open. The showdown between Darlene and Dom, that unceremoniously throwing Elliot into the trunk. Be still my beating heart. Now can we get a name for the third personality? It's coming. It's got to be coming. Hashtag, just when I think I know who it is, I am wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, us too. So Jason, who does your vote go to? I'm going to have to go with Vera, even though I feel like that could have been summed up in one nice big scene. Um, He is pushing the story forward. The next episode is dependent on what Elliot does from this point on. I agree. It's funny. I bragged on this being kind of the weakest part of the whole episode. The Elliot stuff was most compelling and most intrigued me, but I'm not going to give him the MBH for this. I just can't. So I'm going to have to give it to Vera as well. Though I'm a little frustrated. I haven't given anything to Darlene yet. She's going to have to get one in a future episode. We have a few more comments. It's not specifically about this episode. Via Twitter, Justin wrote to us saying, I was just listening to your podcast on 405 today. 
you mentioned 110738. So remember, we were talking about the clocks. We saw it twice. In season one, episode three, Gideon looking at the all safe hack examiner notes, the hack took place at, you guessed it, 110743. Finally got an answer? Just wanted to connect the repeated time. Thank you wow. for that. Wow. So we have 110738 and 110743. It's very close. And thank See, you for that's, looking that's back. What's been happening with all of the time things, they're very close, but not the same. And that's why I keep wondering, is it the discrepancy that's going to matter? The time difference right. that we're seeing there. But even when I start to add up the time differences, it doesn't make none sense. of them are the same. But uh, uh, another thing to keep pointing out. Yeah, thank you, Justin. We don't have time to go back, unfortunately. And it's been so many years. So we have our Clatcher army to help us out. And via Facebook, Trela wrote to us, just started watching Mr. Robot last month. Binge watched all episodes until I got caught up in the current season. Oh my goodness, God bless you. Hmm. I'm enjoying listening to your podcast on Pocket Cast while I wait for the newest episodes. I have a background in mental health, MSW, so I love that Christina talks about the characters from that point of view. Hmm. Anyway, I've heard you mention a theory of, of alternate universe timelines, and I wonder if anyone has mentioned that Christian Slater had a part in the BBC's radio production of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Now, we talked about the radio production, I think, in our bonus when I was harping that all our Clatchers have to watch Hitchhiker's Guide. And we actually made a T-shirt, coffeeclatchcrew.com. You go to the gear store. We have a little fun CKC twist on a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy shirt. I love it. I bought a few of them. I don't think we brought it up in the Mr. Robot coverage, though. I don't think so either. He plays Wonko the Sane, and his storyline is about two alternate timelines. In one timeline, Earth is destroyed, but another, it is not. And the characters somehow can go back and forth between the realities. Just thought you might find that interesting. Keep up the great work. Awesome. I love that. She also writes, also, I love the magicians too. I got to meet Hale Appleman at Dragon Con this year, and he is a total sweetheart. Oh, how cool. So I hope you'll be along the ride for us in January for this season's The Magicians. We haven't had Hale on, but we had... Arjun Gupta twice, and Jade Taylor. So those were great interviews with them. I was so nervous. I I don't think I was myself. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully we'll get more this season. We'll do our best. So thank you, Trela. And we have a voicemail. Let's see what our Clatchers have to say. What up, Trey Clatchers? I thought maybe while I was talking to these 
I would think of something clever, but I'm not thinking of anything like that. Anyway, chew on that. All right, so we had discussed, I think, uh, maybe season one, maybe season two, that perhaps he's a robot, but we've, I, I don't think we like that. We, we kind of, this season, uh, we were talking about more of maybe that other personalities were being put into him. Hmm. Um, not to go through the whole thing again, but um, the fact that he was really close to where this machine is at this time. He grew up right there. The Washington Township plant. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I, I honestly don't think he's a robot. I, I think we've moved, moved on beyond that. But it's not out of question. If it does turn out to be that, we wouldn't be completely thrown off. No, or disappointed. Um, I'm also really happy that you brought up the color symbolism because I forgot to talk about that in the scenes with Vera, Mm. how he's wearing orange and then the color is mimicked throughout the room with the fruits and a bunch of other things that have placement there. It's weird because in the theory of color symbolism in psychology, orange is not what I would think of related to Vera. I mean, yes, symbolizing action, appetite, charisma, emotion, extroversion, and enthusiasm. So I guess those things I would attribute to him. There's there's other things, perhaps not creativity, happiness, health. <laughs> but one color can mean so many different things. So a couple of those, perhaps they are in line. And, and I do like when Esmail plays with that. We were playing with red a lot last episode where Dom's coat was red. We had the red traffic signal and of course that symbolizes danger aggression the staircase passion madness mcdonald's (laughs) (laughs) and we've also talked about the framing as a use potentially to relay ideas i think that esmail having the artistic knowledge and bringing some of that into it makes it more exciting to watch and follow we're going to move on to our closer look which is very brief. There wasn't a bunch to dig into this time. We did notice when Elliot is hacking the login for Olivia's boss, his password is Convergence. Yes. I looked it up and uh, there's a company, it has nothing to do with it, but there's, it's funny, there's a company that uh, specializes in technology and they do security, they do uh, a multitude uh, servers, all this stuff. But besides that, there's no connection. It's a. It's not New York. It's nothing like that. And then there's also um, it was convergence. What was the number? Thirty-seven or something. Yes. Um, there's also in California um, a, a party for men bears. So um, for for a, a gay party, a gay bash, and I don't think that relates either. Well, I was just looking at the street read. The definition of the word convergence is the act of moving toward union or uniformity. Oh, two with the personalities. or several things coming together to form a new whole. So it could be the convergence of the personalities. Also, if you look, there is a couple of different definitions. One that relates to math, science, the mm. ideas of probability formalizes the idea that a sequence of essentially random or unpredictable events can sometimes be expected to settle into a pattern. The probability of an unusual outcome, therefore, becomes smaller and smaller as the sequence progresses. Which is very indicative to what we saw on White Rose's uh, 
whiteboard or exactly projection screen. Yeah. She had the image of probability behind her. Yes. And thus, if you had enough knowledge of events, as well as the ability to track that, let's say through a supercomputer or mega statistics analysis, you could find a pattern out of seemingly random events. If you looked at things long enough, you would know where they were going to settle or more likely what would happen. Mm. So coming back to some of those theories that we had put forth, we could certainly see where White Rose would covet such a thing, right? Yeah. Or maybe perhaps the convergence of White Rose and Elliot Mm -hmm. coming up and their ideologies. Absolutely. Who knows? Do you think... It's going to matter or we'll get to see who the different members are that sit on the dais group. I don't know what to think about that at this point, to be honest with you. I'm very interested. I don't... If he's going to hack into each of their phones, I do think we're going to get a look at who they are, why they're important. Dude, how awesome would it be if it was actually Bill Gates... Um, Steve Jobs. Steve, well, he's, he's passed. Elon Musk... <laughs> All those types yeah, of people. Yeah, and there's Trump or something. You know, that'd be hilarious. Well, people are going to be pissed if Trump was there. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely want to see what that's going to mean. But there you have it. Convergence, the fun one for this episode. And all that leaves us with is the spoiler section. So if you are afraid of the spoilers, we will see you next time when we review episode 407. And don't forget to check out audible.com and use our promo code audible.com forward slash CKC or text CKC to 500-500. You can get one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. The CKC having sponsors is few and far between. So when we really do have them, they mean the world to us and they'll only keep coming back to us if you guys join us there. And we are huge fans of Audible. Yeah, this is no, you know, fake sell. We love Audible. So start listening with your 30-day trial for Audible today. Well, Jason, our next episode is 407, Proxy Authentication Required. This is where a client must first authenticate itself before being accepted. Now, what is that going to mean? We saw in the preview for the next episode, Vera tells Elliot he's been waiting for this moment. He says, I'm going to take over New York and you'll be by my side. Now, we've been waiting for this moment too, Vera. Not knowing what the frig you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He pleads with Vera not to touch Krista, which I guess she's still in play based on that. And Mr. Robot says they'll talk. So he steps forward. And that's presumably going to be the beginning of a very interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. As we mentioned, this is also going to be a commercial-free episode. I wonder if that is a factor as far as how this is structured. I mean, we had... The dialogue-free episode. The first episode was commercial-free as well, I believe. Right. But if you think about, I mean, to me, if I know I can have a commercial-free episode, the the dialogue-free, the hack one was so intense, it surely would have benefited from no breaks, no commercials. Mm -hmm. And to my mind, that says there's something even more important important about the format of this episode that they wanted to go commercial-free on it. I hope so. And I hope we get to finally vote for Mr. Robot or... Christian Slater, more specifically, because I love him in this (laughs) series. And that wraps us up for episode 406. We're halfway there. And I uh, apologies, I don't know when we'll get this out. Obviously, it's on Friday, but it may be later. Again, there's reasons, jury duty, life. I don't have multiple personalities that could take care of it, unfortunately. You don't? No. But we appreciate you guys listening. Keep telling your friends about us. Keep reviewing us on iTunes. 
and follow us on Patreon. Till next time, this round's on me. This round is on me! Please hang up and try again.